0: Welcome to this podcast from Christchurch Blackpool. For more information, please visit ccblackpool.co.uk What we're going to look at today is what the Bible says about fatherhood and sonship. Let me tell you a quotation, first of all, from Bill Johnson. He says, John's Gospel brings out that the chief reason Jesus came was to reveal and carry out the Father's character, heart and purposes. So the big question that we need to ask ourselves from this is, who is the Father? What is the Father like? And just before we really get into it, in case you're not aware, let me just uh, put aside any possible misconceptions here, that all believers are sons, according to the way that the Bible describes things. When it uses that term, it's not about a matter of gender, but... The sons carried the right of inheritance. Therefore, every believer, every Christian, in that sense, is a son of God. Now, we all have very varied and often imperfect pictures in our head and imperfect experience of what a true father is like and therefore what a true child of God is like. And so it's very important that we look at what is the picture, what is the backdrop that the Bible gives us. If we started just with our own experience of fatherhood and sonship and projected that onto God, we could easily run into problems. So we mustn't read our personal or our general modern day understanding of fatherhood and sonship back into what is written in the Bible. For example, if your father uh, was quite harsh with you, uh, then you could easily say, well, you know, that's the way God treats me. I've got to be careful not to displease him. Or maybe, sadly, you know, your father was absent, so you could regard God as someone distant and unconcerned. No, we mustn't start with our experience. We must start by saying, what does the Bible say about this? What is the true picture of fatherhood and sonship that is revealed to us by God in his word? And then we line ourselves up with that picture. So we need to have a look at what the Bible authors understood in their day about fatherhood and sonship. When they describe God as a father, what did they mean by that? And then we can understand that and we can as experience that. So I'm going to look at three things. First of all, what sort of father is God to his people? And this is the bulk of what I'm going to be looking at. Secondly, in light of God's fatherhood, what sort of children are we? What does God's fatherhood say about who we are? And then thirdly, and very importantly also, what sort of response is the father looking for in us, his children? So first of all, what sort of father is God to his people? And we'll just be looking at a few headings in this. And uh, I'd encourage you, uh, if you'd like to, to write down the Bible verses And uh, take a look afterwards for yourselves, read around those passages a little bit. So first of all, what sort of father is God to us? He's our origin and our author. In Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 6, it says, Is he not your father, your creator, who made you and formed you? You get a sense there of care. God formed us. You didn't just happen by chance. He formed you like it says in Genesis that God formed Adam out of the dust. Also in Deuteronomy 32 verse 18, when God is is complaining at his people a little bit for not responding as they ought, he said, you deserted the rock who fathered you. You forgot the God who gave you birth. And the context of this is God's call to Abraham uh, who... He called because he chose him, because he called him, because he loved him. And out of Abraham came the whole people of God, Israel. And what I want us to see in this passage is it talks about God being a father and a mother to you. It talks about the rock who fathered us. That's fairly obvious. But notice it also says the God who gave you birth. And we, we have to see that Everything that we know and understand experience about, about fatherhood and motherhood in our earthly lives, it all comes from God. All of these things are facets of God's character to us. One other verse about this subject is in Isaiah 49 and verse 15. It says, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she is born? Though she may forget. I will not forget you. And we can all imagine, if we've not been in that situation ourselves, of a, a mother cradling a baby or a young child in her arms, there's this tenderness there, there's care, there's this protection. And all of these things are in the heart of God. That's where we get these qualities from. So first of all, what sort of father is God to his people? He's our origin and our author. Secondly, he is a father of compassion, understanding and support. Let me read a couple of verses from Psalm 103, verses 13 to 14. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. And this is so important in times which can happen to us quite often when we feel weak, when we don't know the answers, when we can be tempted to feel anxious or fearful. God knows that we're just dust, but he doesn't turn to us and say, well, why, why aren't you doing better than this? He has compassion on the dust. He has compassion on you. He says, I expect you to feel weak. Don't worry. That's normal. Let me help you. Also Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 31 says you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way until you reach this place. So this is talking about the people of God coming out of Egypt, that great exodus through the Red Sea and then the many years they spent in the wilderness until they finally reached the promised land. And God is saying, all on that journey, all the way, you might not have felt it, you might not have realised it, but I was carrying you. Actually, the children of God complained quite considerably, if you know that, that story. But God says, actually, I was carrying you all the time as a father carries his son. And you you might have been in that situation Uh, either as a parent or as a child, where uh, you can imagine a family walk and uh, the little child is walking along and you've only gone five minutes or something and, and they reach their arms up and say, oh, Daddy, can you carry me? And we need to know that we can say that to God. We can say that to Father God. God, I'm getting tired. Can you carry me? And he delights to reach down and to do exactly that. God has compassion on us. Let me tell you one story from um, my own life when I was uh, in year 6 at school so about 11 years old I was given a new football for my birthday. And uh, against my parents' better judgment I persuaded them to let me take it to school with me. So of course they said be really careful don't lose it. Uh, you know this is an expensive football and um, of course what happened I lost it on the way home I was Crossing some fields with a friend, we were kicking it around, not being careful enough, and it bounced right up in the air over a high wall into somebody's back garden and I was distraught and full of guilt oh no what are my parents going to say to me so a bit like the prodigal son on the way home I had about 10 minutes walk home to prepare what I was going to say to my mum and I got about three words into it and burst into tears and she's what's the matter what's happened and and, uh, she was really good about it when uh, I explained because she saw that I was really sorry Uh, when my dad got home from work uh, he listen patiently again and he said right we've got a plan uh you come with me you know which house it is uh well well knock on that door and uh, and you can ask the person in the house very kindly if you could have the, the ball back apologize for what you did and i thought mommy i can't do that i can't do that but my dad was good mentoring me in in what to say and assured me And of course, the lady, kind lady who answered the door was so pleased to see us. Uh, You know, she could see that we didn't mean any harm. I said, oh, of course, here's your ball. And that that worked out so well. And so what I just want us to take from that is sometimes, you know, when we do get something wrong, when we are feeling weak, we can be fearful that God will be critical of us. But I want to say, no, God is a God of compassion. He knows what you're like. He made you that way. He understands you and he is so willing to help him. So let us call out to him, not in fear and in anxiety, but in confidence of his heart towards us. So thirdly, God is a father who nurtures and provides. I'll read out the first few verses from Hosea chapter 11. And this is talking about Israel, uh, the people of God, when it uses the the, the term ephraim it, it's really a synonym, it means the same thing when Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt, I called my son. It was I who taught Ephraim to walk, taking them by the arms, but they did not realize it was I who healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness with ties of love. To them I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek and I bend down to feed them. This is is just such a, a wonderful little passage here. Let me bring out the many verbs that are used to describe how God has looked after his people and how he wants to look after you. God says I loved, I called, I taught, I healed, I led I lifted, I bent down. Those are words of a God and a father who is actively interested in the well-being of his children. Note also some of the phrases used here. I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. We're we're used to seeing owners take dogs out for walk. You you occasionally see, don't you, in a park, parents with a, a, a toddler on a, a sort of a lead. So they're giving them some some space to manoeuvre, but they're not wanting them to wander into danger. This is the sort of picture I've got in my my head here. Not not cords of slavery not not chains that lead us somewhere uh, which is harmful to us, but cords. it says, of kindness, ties of love. God is leading you. God wants to lead you. God doesn't want you to get into danger. He doesn't want you to wander. He is leading you in a particular direction, but it's because he wants the best for you. He's leading you out of kindness and of love. Also, the imagery that we're given here, it says, I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek. That, again, is a, it's a moment of intimacy, of care, of quietness, a moment where nothing perhaps needs to be said, just appreciating one another's presence. And this is the sort of God God is to us. He is a father who nurtures and provides. And then lastly, on this uh, heading of who, what sort of father is God to us? He is a father who delights and disciplines in us. So, Proverbs chapter three verse twelve, which is also quoted in the New Testament, Hebrews twelve, says, "The Lord disciplines those He loves as a father the son He delights in." And in Deuteronomy chapter eight verse five, it says a similar thing: "Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son." So the Lord your God disciplines you. Know it in your heart, know for sure, know by experience, know emotionally, as well as logically, that God delights in you and therefore he will even discipline you. God disciplines us because he delights in us. He loves us too much just to let us wander, just to leave us to our own devices. He wants the best for us. His response to our waywardness, we are all wayward and rebellious sometimes, his response to our waywardness is not rejection, but restoration. What a wonderful God. Just as parents want the best for the human children and are prepared to cause some sort of pain, whatever that is of telling off, we get that from God. God loves us so much that he wants to... uh, to get the bad stuff out of us and build the good stuff into us what a wonderful God he is to us so this is the sort of God this is the sort of father that he is to his people and and therefore the second thing fairly briefly is what sort of children are we in the light of God's fatherhood who who am I well actually this is really quite simple to answer when we've asked the more important question who is my father because if god is this wonderful person that we've just been speaking about that immediately gives us great value and i want you just to think for a moment about uh, a situation say like when you you go shopping or perhaps more accurately say you go to a museum or something and you see a great work of art and uh, there's a price tag uh, on something and uh, That painting or that amazing Ming vase from China or something like that, that didn't value itself. didn't wake up one day and say, yeah, I think I'm worth such and such an amount of money. I'm I'm really quite valuable. Or it could be quite the opposite. I don't think I'm worth very much. That's ridiculous. That's not what happens. Something is worth what someone is willing to pay for it. And how much more true is that of us? How much am I worth? Am am I worth anything? You are worth everything because of the price that God was willing to pay for you, because of the value that he puts on you. He is your father who formed you, who nurtures you, who disciplines you, who takes such an active and deep interest in you. That puts huge value on you. It is completely... Uh, illogical, it is completely inappropriate to try and value ourselves. Sometimes on a good day we might think, yeah, yeah, I'm worth something today, but then we can perhaps have many more bad days where we think, oh dear, I haven't done so well, I can't be worth much today, I can't be loved very much. No, we don't value ourselves. We acquire our value by appreciating and experiencing who we are, by understanding that our identity is that we are beloved children of God. So what sort of children are we? We are secure, we are highly valued, we are deeply loved, we are delighted in, we are privileged to know such a father. And we need to meditate on on these things so much more than we have time to talk about today. So thirdly and lastly, what sort of response is the father looking for in his children? All these declarations of fatherly love by God just intended uh, to give us a nice warm feeling inside for a few moments and then we just go off and do what we feel like and do our, our own thing. I don't think that's the response that human parents are looking for in their children. I think they're looking for a good response, a response that listens, a response that learns. And it's important to see, for example, that in this imagery we saw earlier of God... Uh, leading us with cords and kindness and love, as, as I said. He wants to lead us somewhere. There is an end goal here. There is an intention, and everything that God does and reveals Himself to be, is for our benefit. He even disciplines us when we don't respond in the right way, because He wants the best for us. And we see in the Bible when the people of God haven't responded very well, when they haven't responded as God wanted them to. You, you see the pain, the pain that God feels as a father about this. In Malachi chapter 1 and verse 6, it says, A son honours his father, and a slave his master. If I am a father, where is the honour due to me? If I am a master, where is the respect due to me, says the Lord Almighty. So we can see it's very important that we ask God to help us to learn our lessons and to respond in an appropriate way, to Him. that we respond to him and his word with respect, with honour, with obedience, with trust, with loyalty and with faithfulness. Let me give you a quotation from a theologian, Christopher Wright. He said, The fatherhood of God was not primarily an emotional metaphor it is an emotional metaphor but that's not primarily what it was about rather it was a matter of authority on the one hand and obedience on the other within the framework of a trusting providing and protective relationship so what can we conclude about what our response should be here we see that God's fatherhood And our Sonship are both a statement and a claim. A statement of our identity and value and a claim on our lives to respond as we ought to in trust and love. And I challenge you actually to think of anything better, wiser, healthier or more fulfilling than to show our Heavenly Father the honour, loyalty and trust that he deserves. So we've seen the sort of father, the Bible says that God is to his people. We've seen the sort of children that we are in light of that, so highly valued and precious to him. And we've seen the appropriate response of us, his children, to such a father. Let me remind you of the quotation that I gave to us at the beginning. John's gospel brings out that the chief reason Jesus came was to reveal and carry out the father's character, heart and and purposes. So Jesus was sent by the Father to reveal the Father in all his words and all his actions. But it also says in John's Gospel, John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus speaking here, he says, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So Jesus was sent on a mission, and likewise we are sent on that same mission. So if Jesus' chief assignment was to reveal the Father's character, heart and purposes in the world, guess what your assignment is? Guess what my assignment is? Our assignment also is to reveal the Father to others in all that we do and all that we say. To reveal that to the children in our own earthly families, to reveal that father's heart and character and purposes to our brothers and sisters in church and especially to see that that is our mission to the world at large. The world is crying out for somebody who cares, crying out uh, for somebody who will love them, somebody who will give them identity and purpose. We have that identity and we have that purpose and it is our commission to receive as much of the Father's love as we can possibly experience so that it overflows into every relationship and every every conversation that we have with all those around us. What is the Father like? Let us experience that more and more and let us demonstrate that to every person we meet to the best of our ability. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, downloads and podcasts, please visit ccblackport.co.uk.